Hello all, welcome to the Literacy Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 238, and today we'll be talking about the OKKO OK episode, We Messed Up. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Production order-wise, I think this episode has got to be one of the earliest, and I love it, but <laughs> when we've talked, you know, sort of going back to these older episodes, that the colors and animation are a little weird, that's especially present here. Everything is colored way differently than we're used to, and we have a totally different voice actor, although, oh, rest in peace, Stephanie Nadalny, for not being on this show. She was the Goku voice actor, uh, but unfortunately, I don't know why it didn't work out that she wasn't on this show, but uh, she's just in like three or four of the earliest episodes. And so that makes KO sound very different in this episode, too. But even though there's a very different feel, this is very distinctly an OK KO episode. That is super important and super hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the change in voice actress really made a lot of people very upset for reasons I never could understand. I mean, having a like bigger name voice actress was cool for the show's, uh, you know, maybe like early legitimacy or something. Because, hey, it's Goku. But I think the way that the newer voice actress has given KO that cuterness has been really important in distinguishing him from, you know, just Rad and Enid to not be just like one of the teenagers. And, you know, we needed that cuter KO. I'm sure Stephanie would have also been great in this role, but haven't had any problems with the new one. Yeah, I don't think anyone could say that new KO wasn't good. So I'm fine with the change. I mean, I, I never really cared to begin with, but you're right. It is really weird going back and having a completely different voice. Although we, we do get our uh, fallen hero scene here. <laughs> well, I love the different visions that uh, all three main characters have of how Mr. Yes. Carr will completely obliterate them with disappointment. Which was your favorite? Oh, I, it has to be KOs with the yes. aliens at the end going, dang! <laughs> I completely agree. That pink forest (laughs) and Mr. Gar, I mean, it's the most subtle, really, of disappointment that it's just going to be forever (laughs) that Mr. Gar will never speak to him. Yeah. And then, of course, it just goes over the top because the world implodes. So, (laughs) yeah. Second place, though, Rad's version of, I guess, heck is pretty. (laughs) You like the you like the disappointment canon? I love seeing a show's idea of hell and (laughs) that (laughs) the unemployment zone is rads um, just warms my heart. (laughs) I mean, it warms your heart. Yeah, that uh, that like wormwood worm that swallows them up is pretty great, too. Uh, Oh, that was I mean, there were actually several like cartoon tropes in this episode, like the pulling up a. Well, in this case, it was like a hand thing, but usually in cartoons, it would be a card with the rating for something on it. They did that this episode, the the going through two people, like two saloon doors. I loved that. <laughs> they, 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 they really enjoy that one a lot. Yeah, I mean, this is just like every other KO episode, a incredibly expressive episode. Uh, also, just so many jokes everywhere, so packed. When Rad shoots his finger off. Yes, to blow I was going to mention Carol. that one if you didn't. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh no, I shot with my wrong finger. But then the fact that, you know, only two of his fingers are related to his powers. And then he has his marriage finger and his booger finger. I'm glad yeah. he <laughs> yes. has those down. You definitely don't want to confuse those. Well, why, why do you think he had to label them? <laughs> that gets real embarrassing, let me tell you. 
Yeah, but also it's really kind of cute, but also sad that he has the marriage finger labeled. <laughs> He's waiting. Uh, uh, I mean, you, you, you see you see his, his little bicep thing, and then uh, I think it's the Jethro episode with the now kiss. <laughs> right, well, this episode starts with, <laughs> with uh, Rad also really getting into um yeah with his biceps yeah so that's strange but it's okay i mean red's just a strange guy yeah the antics that happen too as <laughs> enid and rad try to stop mr gar from entering his office it's just so funny to me that every time instead of mr gar ever really being suspicious he continues to play into whatever they come up with even when they get as desperate as doing like a stupid hand puppet show outside <laughs> the window of the store i mean come on it was it was a hand puppet of him beating up his arch rival what's not to love about that <laughs> i just love how you know he's just like this is adorable <laughs> he's like squee oh oh yeah speaking of old cartoon tropes i i, I also liked when they Tossed crinkly wrinkly into the cheapskate cannon. And, you know, they, they make it look like he's going to land in jail, but he lands in the library next door. Classic. Yes. Love how those are right next to each other. And the way he's just spinning off, rotated in space as he flies away from the plaza. Yeah. Uh, so many, so many old cartoony stuff. I mean, you can tell it's made by people with a real love for the medium. They have an appreciation for vintage beauty. <laughs> which, uh... Uh, which Mr. Gar does as well. Yes, that kind of, in a way, um, not, that's not really much of an inappropriate joke, but it definitely feels like that's sort of more where they were experimenting with the humor a little bit, sort of them talking about how Carol was kind of hot, and that he said vintage beauty. It's a little strange. That's uh, that's that's more aimed towards the groaner-ups. Yes. Who's the babe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way Ko reacts to that. But then when he brings that same language to his mom, he's like, "Mom, can you be young and beautiful again?" I, I like how hot the word yeah, is hot. Excuse me, young and hot. You know, she uh, she reacts interestingly because she doesn't really get mad at Ko. Yay. She just gets kind of embarrassed by remembering that she knows who he hangs out with. <laughs> also, I love that Ko. Even though he protests a little bit against his mom being like, uh, this is not going to work out <laughs> if we if I pose for the photo. He just has to do it because, you know, Carol only really cares about taking a cute photo of KO. She's not really <laughs> worried about the actual situation at hand. Yeah, she can handle I, I like how I, I like how she just meanders into the office just like, oh, hey, what's up? Right. Well, all these <laughs> early interactions between Carol and Mr. Gar are hilarious because she's always so casual about it. And clearly so much more capable of <laughs> handling talking. And then Mr. Gar just blubbering. This is, I guess, the introduction of that. And that lasts for quite a while. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, when she got KO'd the job in the first place. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This, I guess, is expounding upon that. Oh, well, and it really goes farther when we see Carol flash back to this is our first hint of lore across yep. the series in only episode four. That's the same confusing flashback my mom had. <laughs> yeah, uh there wasn't much for us to go on here. It almost suggests that they're like criminals or something because there's like a break in and a drop yeah. sub sandwich. But Or hero sandwich. <laughs> dun 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 I liked when K.O. just loudly exclaims, Mission accomplished! The day is saved! And then just 
I, I mean, I, I didn't pause to see exactly how many frames Gar took to turn around. It looked like it was just a single frame. <laughs> it looked really good. Very good attention to detail on that one. Yeah, well, that's a fun thing animation can do in general is um, whereas it's kind of hard for film to do really quick shots. Uh, it's really easier for an artist to create the perfect looking thing show it as briefly as possible and give the audience that feeling of <laughs> that instant turnaround in emotion between KO's success, which literally I think the word success is on the screen um, to <laughs> that. Also, I like how they were all fearing that Mr. Gar would be very disappointed. And then Mr. Gar is actually really disappointed and turns them into a puddle and starts stomping on starts them <laughs> before Carol comes in. <laughs> like their fears were completely founded. It, yeah, at no point is Carol like, Stop stepping in my son. It's like, oh, here's that. Here's another photo of me. I right. have no idea why you want it because you know it's not like you had the hots for me or anything. <laughs> well, she's clearly still, uh, you know, as we later see too, oh, oh, open to a little bit of flirtation. So yeah, mayhaps. I still think she's just young and innocent. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll get to her in a in a later episode, but I I love her like oh, were we really like this six to eleven years ago? <laughs> just just whenever the whole heroes and villains posturing at each other, she's so beyond that now. Yeah, I love how early on we have this development of Carol. <laughs> I'll just inst- I I do like the I like the long story short. And then okay, let's try long story medium. <laughs> yeah, I love that characterization of KO too that he's completely fine with that level of honesty. Like he he really has to push himself for it, but I like that the show <laughs> challenges him on that with not just keeping the short story. It's uh, you know, something other cartoons wouldn't push their character to do. They would just play off the humor of keeping information away, but KO always has to be as honest as possible. So I I just love how Ko is able to chop out unnecessary details to make the story short or medium length. Yeah, he seems a little too well practiced. <laughs> I mm. think his mom gets too short of stories sometimes. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, brevity is the soul of wit. Yes. Speaking of that, another really brief joke I liked when we were talking about the strategies that Enid and Rad were using to distract Gar. I have to mention that I loved. <laughs> you know, bringing it back to like the store and Gar's actual job that Rat has to point out, uh, someone's in the magazine aisle and immediately <laughs> you're talking about fast reactions. Gar just screams, cheapskates before flashing back to KO in the dojo. His eyes uh, just pop right through his glasses. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know that we talked about how he got fired out of the cannon or whatever, uh, whatever that crazy purple cast name is, even though we said it Crinkly, and I already wrinkly. forgot. Yeah, good old Crinkly Wrinkly. How can you forget that name? But um, I just like that. <laughs> I don't, that character yet isn't even really fleshed out in any meaningful way. But I'm glad that, you know, he was happening to stand in the magazine aisle. And, I mean, um, he's apparently a fan of all that based on a later episode. Yes. So maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, Red wasn't even that far off. But, uh, you know, I do agree that reading magazines uh, while just in the store may be as bad for the industry as Apple News. So quit doing that, kids, and head to the library. Yeah, so support your local library. Hey, I, I like supporting the local library. There you go. 
I mean, apparently Rad and Enid were able to improvise a really good dance to earn a seven and a half and then think they deserve more. I mean, they were they were appalled at getting just a seven and a half. Yeah, I love how that transforms from them again with all of these little tactics they use. It's like they are trying to distract Mr. Gar, but then very quickly they care about how they're going to get rated for the dance. And they're pretty disappointed because they were trying really hard, but they only got a seven and a half. And yeah. that Gar is completely into it. <laughs> and has his scorecard ready. Yep. I mean, maybe that was the only scorecard he had. I don't know. He seems like the kind of guy who has a lot of scorecards on hand, just in case. <laughs> maybe. I mean, he, he is the kind of guy to hand out grades. <laughs> so, uh, they, they hand, he didn't hand out a grade, but the, he did very much approve of their handling of Operation Old Lady. <laughs> yeah, just the start of how dedicated he is to such a ridiculous idea and he doesn't break character uh as his old woman persona that was pretty great pay with a one one cent check also shout out to his truism on the importance of mopping was also really touching Ah, that a shiny floor makes way for a shiny heart which i don't remember the rest somehow blinds the evildoers (laughs) blinds the evildoers (laughs) yeah this this is a really good episode as far as early okko is concerned I mean, it just shows really early that they are able to pack every, every, like, 20-second chunk that you watch. There's, like, no wasted time. It is packed full of jokes, packed full of just visual changes happening the whole time. I mean, they do this a lot, but just, like, K.O.'s transformation into some more serious version of himself as he declares something heroic or whatever. Yeah, we should confess to our mistake. Yeah, like, that just constant changing of the style of animation shown, the location. I mean, we zoom twice out to see the whole planet Earth in different ways. And that no joke ends where you think it might end. The fact that the they all three of them in Enid's bad ending, you know, get f- blown up into the moon. The moon spins around, shows three <laughs> little rip tombstones. But then even after that, a satellite passes by and drops flowers on them. Like, they just push every joke as far as they can. And, I don't know, so much talent. Love it. This is what caught people early on to this show. Yeah, that's talent and hard work right there. Working together hard. Yeah, well, very well put, GC. Anything else to say? I mean, I'm I'm surprised that we haven't seen the president of the universe yet. I mean, he was foreshadowed in episode four. Did we ever hear him mentioned again? I did think that was a really funny line when KO threw him in. I don't know if it was supposed to be a big lore piece. They mention him again in Stop Attacking the Plaza when they're mocking Boxman. Okay. They, they mentioned that the president of the universe just called. <laughs> I mean, if we're supposed to believe that that's his title and that matches to his actual job description and it's not just like uh, Miss Universe, for instance, who's technically just on the planet Earth and only responsible for what's on Earth. Like if Mr. Universe or President Universe, President of the Universe is really dealing with the multiplanetary thing, might be pretty busy. So it might be a while. I I mean, he he can always show up to body slam some evildoers, you know? Well, unless he is no job too small. You know, Ooh. democracy may not be working out in this land. I mean, I, I don't know. Just just judging from, from the way OKKO works, you know, the way its genre works, the president of the universe is a real guy. That is actually his job title. And he just looks like a really cool dude. I mean, you say that, but we also thought one of our KO's greatest heroes wasn't a robot that was, you know, dysfunctioning and was powered by his butt. And yet, okay, that's what happened. Okay. <laughs> be, be fair, like, from the very first episode, Chip Damage was actually, like, seen in. I'm like, why does this voice sound so robotic? So they were they were telegraphing that for us. 
I agree. Well, and this guy's a lot more mysterious, so really anything's on the table. I don't I don't think he's important to the lore of the series, but I think he is important to the world of the series, if if you see the difference. I, I catch your drift. But, but it may not matter to the show, but he he matters to the people who live in it. And I want to meet him. Just, you know, I want him to come and give KO a high five or something. Yeah, well, hopefully many more episodes to come. But we have a lot to get through <laughs> before we yes, even get to anything yes, new. Yes, we do. Oh, boy. Okay, KO. You are a hero. So, yeah, we messed up. Pretty solid episode four. Uh, I don't think maybe maybe Stephanie and it only shows up maybe one more time. But uh, yeah, it's really interesting to see the show in this early state where they're just really playing around with what the comedy of the show is going to be like with establishing, you know, Rad's weirdness and Enid totally playing into everything, <laughs> too. And Gar and just the what the daily activities of the bodega look like. Yeah, I mean, Enid was just kind of here that Rad Rad was definitely the more active bodega knave. Yeah, <laughs> bodega knave. Uh, hopefully we'll be covering that episode eventually. Anyway, guys. Uh, that's been us on We Messed Up. Join us next week. We'll be cycling back to some Craig of the Creek. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.